Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Get rid of your credit card debt, get a lower monthly payment, and skip your next two house payments at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to save thousands with savewithconrad.com. Find out how much money you can save right now at savewithconrad.com. Words are about to be spoken here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, presented to you by the Ad-Free Shows Network and Podcast Heat. I, of course, am John Alba. That, that man right there, that's the broken one, woken one, spoken one himself, Mr. Matt Hardy, via satellite at the Hardy Compound. What's up, man? I am here. I am at the Hardy Compound on a Tuesday evening. I am flying into Toronto tomorrow to travel to Hamilton for a huge episode of AW Dynamite and AW Rampage. Yeah, man, that's uh, brutal. What happened to Jeff? I saw that. That was uh, that was not ideal, man. Yeah, that uh, the the roll of coins it uh, dislocated his jaw. They thought it may have been broken, but it was dislocated, so it's only looking like a couple weeks. So yeah, it is. It is what it is. It's pro wrestling. You know, it's not ballet, as they say. It's not. But I think this is a good opportunity, man. I mean, think about the stars aligning here. Ethan Page, he realizes he's got to step it up. He's in Canada. I feel like there's a chance to mend some. He's fences he's, he's in his hometown. He's in yes. his hometown. I feel like there's a chance to really mend some fences here and be be very productive member of society for Ethan Page. Agreed. He uh he has a chance to uh he has a chance to do the right thing. He has a chance to drop the ego and uh embrace what's around him. He's got he's got some people around him that really want to see him succeed in myself and in, in Zay. And uh I really hope he uh he rises to the occasion. We have a great episode ahead of Ask Matt Anything. We got a ton of questions as we always do. But before we can get to that, Matt Hardy, we got some big news for everyone this week. If you haven't heard, this is the place to be. July 18th. It's a Tuesday night, the night before AEW comes to the TD Garden in Boston. Matt Hardy and I are taking Kowloon 
the legendary Chinese restaurant and pro wrestling mecca here in the United States for a live edition of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Tickets are on sale now. You go to MattHardyLive.com and you scroll through the Kowloon events, the entertainment and merch page, and you find the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy tickets. Or you can call 781-233-0077. That's 781-233-0077 for a night you do not want to miss. Matt, when you called me and told me that we were going to be doing this, I got so freaking excited for a lot of reasons, but especially because we're going to be doing this at the legendary, iconic Kowloon. Yeah, I mean, Kowloon has been has been the spot since I started in the business. I remember being uh, being young back in 1998, and once I started full-time on the road with WWE, if you went to Boston, you went to Kowloon. That's just how it worked, and and they took great care of WWE guys. They took care of WCW guys, and they, they love professional wrestling. That's what's great about Kowloon. They love pro wrestling, and Andy, the guy who is the manager who runs the joint, he's uh, he's been a great friend of mine for many, many years. And uh, I'm so happy we were able to set up this opportunity. It's super exciting. Tickets just went on sale, and they're already flying, flying off the shelves. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited. There's such a demand. And uh, I just want to say, if you're if you see this event and and you enjoy this podcast, if you can get to this, you're going to absolutely love that. And on top of doing a lot of podcasts and being able to kind of see our process and kind of you know how we how we make the donuts behind the scenes, you are also going to be guaranteed. An autograph for me on whatever you want. I'll sign any item you bring, whether it's WWE, whether it's Impact, whether it's AEW, whether it is a, just a personal pick. We took one day at an airport, and uh, and I will also take a photo with everyone. And then I, I just can't wait to kind of shoot the breeze, you know, talk shop with each and every one of you. I love talking wrestling with uh, with wrestling fans. The VIP packages are really the top sellers for this event because the value is insane. One hundred dollars for priority seating. You mm -hmm. get to come in early, which means you get a chance to order food as well before everyone else even gets a chance to come in. You get a chance to, as Matt said, you get to meet him, chat him up. You get to get a signed autograph. You get to take a picture with Matt. If you want to take a picture with me, I don't know why you would, but I'll do it. I don't care. I'll do anything for cash. It's cool. It'll, <laughs> it'll be great. The VIP packages are so worth it. If not, We'd still love to see it. General admission tickets for $40. And then, Matt, afterwards, this is the first time we're actually revealing these details, but uh, we're going to stay a little bit later as well for anyone who wants to purchase some additional merchandise or pictures. But uh, it is going to cost you a little more. That's why these VIP packages are really going to be worth the best value for you. Yes. Uh, yes, indeed. And, and I'm going to give someone a very strategic tip right now. I'm going to give them a little insight into the, the autograph world and my – promoter slash agent is going to hate that I said this whenever I do signings, typically out on the road, if someone brings up an action figure, it's, it's always depending on the value of the action figure, like 80 to hundred bucks to get it signed. It's more valuable because those obviously sell for a lot more because he, he knows all the collectibles in and out. So if you do get a VIP package and you bring an action figure, I will happily sign it for you. And that's what it would cost you if you just came to a con and got it from me. So it's quite a deal. You see that you get a picture and you get to see the podcast in action. Hell yeah, absolutely. MattHardyLive.com or you can go to the Kowloon website and go on the calendar and you'll see the event there again, July 18th. The show is at eight VIP. We'll be able to enter the venue at 6 PM. Chat it up with your fellow wrestling fans. Chat it up with us. 
And you never know. Could be some surprises. Could be a blast. It will be a blast. I promise you that. And then AEW is in town the next day, so stick around. See Dynamite. Rumor has it, based on Sean Ross Sapp's report, that that could be a pretty big episode of Dynamite, Matt. So I'm looking forward to that week. No doubt about it. Get your tickets right now. MattHardyLive.com. 781-233-0077. Anything else you want to add on this, Matt? I was also going to say that... uh... Besides just being extremely excited about returning to Kowloon's, I mean, uh, I'm excited to be appearing there and doing the podcast with you there. But I'm excited to eat a Kowloon's meal that night. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be my official cheat night. I'm gonna say that right now. Hell yeah! Um, and, and and I do want to say, being in the TD Garden is a big deal for AEW because that this is the first time we're, we're running this building, and it's typically a WWE building. And I think it's another step in growth for AEW. And I'm very happy to hear it. Yeah, uh, that's the same venue that the 2003 Royal Rumble was held in, which is an episode that is available in our archives, ExtremeHardy.com. So go ahead and check that out as well. Uh, I believe we got a little run in there, huh? Uh, We got some sort of run in, yes. (laughs) You never know. You never know. That's my favorite part about taping at the Hardy Compound. You truly never know. You got the nice black headphones now, so we're, we're upgrading the home office a little bit. I, I finally uh, I finally uh, complained enough about having to wear the, the pink and, and blue headphones. I got these for a Father's Day gift. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of this Father's Day gift. Well, you look great. And I'm excited to talk about this Ask Matt Anything episode with you. Did you get any feedback on the Adam Cole episode? Yeah, people seem to really enjoy it. And uh, I, I think if you're someone who doesn't know Adam Cole or don't follow him very closely, I think a lot of people were really taken taken back by just how kind of a human being is uh is he sitting there and uh he's 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 chatting it up it's it's very obvious that he's a really good human being and just a a really nice kind guy that really has wonderful etiquette i would agree with that he's one of my favorite people in the industry to talk to and if you haven't checked that episode out please do in our archives extremehardy.com Forbidden Door was this past week. I know you've been running around like a wild man, but I know you had something you wanted to say about Brian Danielson and the Kenny Omega-Will Ospreay match. Danielson breaking his arm in the match, but wrestling through it and finishing it up against Okada by making Okada tap out. First time Okada's tapped out in eight years, I believe, which is insane. Anything you'd like to say about Forbidden Door? I mean, to begin with, I can't believe someone would get injured in a match and actually continue. (laughs) Uh no, um, it's, you know, in our little conversations earlier, John, I was just talking about it's, it's crazy how like once you're a lifer and you've been around doing this for a while and you're very passionate about the pro wrestling game, uh, it's almost instinctual. You know, once you get 10 years deep or whatever, just to finish a match hurt, you're used to being hurt. I'm used to being hurt. And Daniel Bryan uh, and Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, that still sticks always. Uh, Brian Danielson, he, he's one of those guys, too. I mean, he's dealt with a ton of injuries in his career. And uh, it's it's unbelievable how high pain tolerances are for pro wrestlers in general. Uh, he went out there, and it was a clean break, as you could see in the X-ray. And then he wrestled 10 more minutes afterwards, which is quite, a, quite an astounding feat. And also performed on a very high level during those 10 minutes with a legitimately fully broken bone. So, uh, you know, I, I give him props for doing that, for being tough. At the same time, being an older individual, I also get worried about guys that go out there and they get hurt and they keep going because they worry about their, their well-being, you know, as time goes on. But, you know, I can't uh, I, I can't be one to speak on it because I've done it several times myself in the past. So I'm, I'm not going to hold anyone 
guilty of something that I haven't done. So, you know, it is what it is. It's pro wrestling. It's not ballet and, and you're going to get hurt. What we're doing isn't natural. Uh, slamming flesh and bones and blood on wooden steel is not natural. It's not meant to be sure. We, we don't want to get hurt. We want to try and protect everyone as much as possible. But uh, in reality, you are going to get hurt at times. And uh, it, it sucks that Brian Danielson got hurt in that. And I'm glad he was able to get through the match and, and finish up the match. And on top of all that, he pulled off a big W, which was which was rather amazing. Big, big ups, Tony Khan, for getting the final countdown for Brian Danielson for that. Danielson apparently didn't even know, and he heard it. And he was he he hadn't listened to the song since 2009. You know, it was his old indie entrance, and that's kind of where he really made his name with the final countdown. So him coming out to that and having 20,000 fans screaming it back at you, I think that's so cool, and it made for such an amazing moment. And then Osprey Omega, they went to war, Matt. Uh, it was a little controversial, some of the intensity and the physicality that we saw from it, but these two delivered an all-timer. Anything you'd like to say about either of those two guys? I, I haven't seen the match back. I've only heard, you know, I just I've heard people ranting and raving about it. And I have no doubt knowing those two guys, Kenny Omega, absolutely unreal. Will Ospreay, absolutely phenomenal. You know, I'm, I'm sure it was uh, all it was promoted to be. And I'm sure uh, it, it lived up to the hype and surpassed it. You know, I, I know there was a controversial moment with the Tiger Driver the Tiger Driver 91, if that is the correct name correct. of the of the move, uh, being done in the match. And uh, it is what it is. I'm, I'm somewhat split on it. I mean, I, I, I get why they did that. And if I was young, healthy, uh, 12, 13 year in the business, 15 year in the business, Matt Hardy, yeah, I would, I would have probably considered doing that as well, just to really, you know, get people emotionally invested in what they're doing. But being a little older now, being a little more beat up and having responsibilities in the real world of a gaggle of children, I, I probably wouldn't have, you know, so I, I, I don't blame them for doing it. It just isn't a personal decision I would have probably made. Once so it is what it is. Once I, 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 those I'm gonna, I, skills kick in, you know, it changes everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Once you start diminishing away, you know, it's almost like, you know, someone's snapping and I'm just constantly fading away from Thanos over the process <laughs> of the next few years, just diminishing every single day. But but it's it's one of those things. I mean, my, my goal, my goal now when I wrestle is to be as entertaining as I, as I possibly can be and try and put on an entertaining match. And I, I'm going to bust my ass and I'm going to give you everything I have. I promise I'm going to I'm going to bust my ass. And they realize that. You know, even though obviously I am, you know, 31 years deep in this. But with that same statement being said, I'm also going to wrestle smart because it is important to me not to get hurt. Not only just for my wrestling career, because my body is a, is a little beat up uh, after all these years of doing this, but also I have priorities outside of the ring as well. I appreciate your commitment to the bit. So thank you very much for that. All right, Matt, we got so many questions to get to. It is Ask Matt Anything. But before we can hit them, please hit us with that mad fact mad fact matt has finally partaken in laser tag yeah i heard that was a big thing this past weekend for you yeah it was uh it, it was a big thing and it was also jeff's first time playing laser tag as well neither one of us had ever ever played so basically the boys as opposed to having a mega party as we have branded it the last couple of years where they both celebrate in between their birthdays where Wolfie's birthday is on June 8th. Maxwell's is on June 23rd. They usually have a mega party in the middle, but they went to Disney this year and it was really close to Wolfie's birthday. So Wolfie kept going for weeks 
and Wolfie's also a very he's also like a very talkative and he, he really cares and things are important to him. He's, he's very much in his feels at, at certain points in time. He's like, it was just the greatest time ever. It was the greatest birthday ever. Thank you so much, mama. I hope you're doing good today. Dad. Thank you for giving us such a great birthday. And Maxwell's birthday was a couple weeks later. So we said, what do you want to do for your birthday? And, and we'll do it. So he wanted to play laser tag and that was it. So Rebby found a place that had laser tag. There was also an arcade there. Uh, there was uh, mini golf, crazy golf, putt putt. Uh, there was batting cages. Cool. There was also there was also go karts. So we had his birthday party there, and you know, like my brother was there, his kids, his wife, uh, their closest friends, my wife's friends, just just close family friends and, and their kids. So it was probably you know around thirty people that were that were there all together. And Maxwell's biggest thing was playing laser tag, right? So we did that first. So he, we were sitting back and Max was like, hey, and he's talking to me and Jeff. He's like, hey, so I, are you guys good at laser tag? Can we like be on the same team since it's my birthday? I said, sure. Yeah, we can be on the same team because we played teams. And uh, I said, but I've never played. I said, this is all new to me. I said, I don't I don't know anything about it. So we, we figured it up and it was like eight on eight. I want to say on the opposing team was was uh, Rebby and Barty and Wolfie and other family and friends and whatnot. And then it was myself, Jeff, and Maxwell. We were the Hardy Boys representation on that team. We were Team Blue. They were Team Green, and and Team Blue won pretty dominantly. Mm. By the way, <laughs> how'd that go over with Mama? Ah, she's all right with it. She was just trying. She was just trying to get content in there. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I feel like if Brother Nero put all the face paint on, he'd glow up in the dark. Then it'd look real cool. Their their hair, Barty's hair, glowed. Nice. Uh, uh Wolfie's hair glowed. Um Maxwell had a little light up jacket that she got him, especially for the for the uh laser tag deal. And then she actually put in some uh like a upright extension of of right. gluing here as well. So right. they, they, cool. they, they all glowed a little bit. Very cool. Well, we got a ton of questions, Matt, and we're gonna get to them right now. Let's do it. Pat Pitts, who told me he's gonna be in attendance at our live show at Kowloon. Yes. Do you think A1 or honey mustard would taste better on a pizza as a replacement to red sauce? I have many thoughts on this, but I would love to hear yours, Matt, please. Sure. I would love for you to share yours after I share uh, mine. Of course. Uh, Pat Pitts, we can't wait to see you. And uh, at, at Calhoun's, can't wait to see you at the gig, the, the live taping of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast. Someone is coming in right now, and I'm going to answer this question. Uh-oh, Barty, you better get out of here. Mama's going to – she's going to get mad because you don't right. have on clothes. I need to open up a little – there you go. What is there it, bubbly? There we go. Yeah, he's just drinking a beer. <laughs> there you go, buddy. You get him, that, that, Steve, get him that Steve Weiser. Is, is, that, is, is that old Barty Weiser. Is that for Mama? Okay. All right. Well, enjoy enjoy your carbonated water. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah. So a one or honey yep. mustard would taste better on a pizza as a replacement for red sauce. That's a wild question. You know, I, I, I'm I'm of a wild mindset in general, but I would say, of those two, a one. I might even say if you could choose any steak sauce, Heinz fifty seven instead. But I I feel like you're gonna slap slap one of those down on a pizza crust and then put like pepperoni and cheese and stuff on top of it. I, I definitely feel like you got to go with the steak sauce as opposed to the honey mustard. Yeah. I'm saying throw the pizza out. That's, that's the way I'm looking at it. Oh my goodness. Honey mustard or a one on a pizza. I got the gabagool, Matt Hardy. I'm a Jersey Italian. I mean, this is, that is sacrilege. I do like the gabagool. I mean, I know you're, have I ever told you my, my soprano story? 
No, but I would love to hear Sopranos guy. Oh yeah. Okay. I love I'll, it. I'll tell this real quick for the masses. Okay. I'm on tour with my band in Canada. This is like 2014, maybe. Mm-hmm. We're in Kingston, Ontario. And my buddy and I are eating dinner at the bar. And I hear this deep voice. It's a voice I've heard a million times. And I'm like, what? Who is that? I hear it. I know that voice. I look over and I'm like, I think that's Big Pussy from The Sopranos. <laughs> I think that's Vinny Pastor. Lo and behold, it's Vinny Pastor talking on the phone, eating dinner alone. So I like give him the, like the eggy. I'm like, come on, come on over here. Vinny Pastor, Big Pussy, sits down right next to my buddy Bobby and I. And he proceeds to have dinner with us. He made us pull up his IMDb page on our phones and go through every single movie and television project that he's ever been involved with. And he gave us dirt on every single one. We did not request that. He <laughs> asked us to do that. And uh, yeah, so that was the time I had dinner with Big Pussy in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. I love it. What a, what a great conversation. It was. He was as stereotypical as an Italian mobster as you could possibly get. That's so, so funny. It was, it was a so lot funny. of he, he, he was a great character on there, too. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, Sean Berkeley, question here. Have you thought about having a graphic novel of Broken Matt Hardy as a superhero? I, I, I have thought about doing uh, some sort of short miniseries. I mean, now that stuff is TikTok and short form, form more than anything else, I have thought about maybe having some sort of return series, like that Free the Delete series that I did with Broken Matt. It was very popular, very successful. And that was obviously whenever I was leaving WWE and coming to AEW. But I have thought about doing things like that. When you say a, a graphic novel, I think that is very interesting because I was like a huge fan of like the Dark Knight graphic novels, and there were there were a lot of graphic novels that, that were really really cool. Uh, the Punisher, I was a big fan of a, a really dark, heavy character. And I don't know, there'll be some comic fan out there that recognizes this. So please shout me out and tweet me. You know, if you see this, I was also a big fan of Grips back in the day, which was an independent comic book, which was very, very bloody, very, very violent, but also very hard. It reminded me of like uh, Punisher tuned up to the next degree. It was Grips is what it was called. And it was an independent uh, comic book. But I, I, I think a Broken Mad graphic novel would be really good. And it could be a little harder, a little more edgy, a little more serious, bite people's ears off and shit. I think that'd be cool. OK, we got an idea there. How about that? A top guy, Bobby. Well, hell, Matt Hardy. Yes. Well, hell. What was your favorite cartoon as a kid? Oh, okay. Um, I would say, as a child, uh, once Jeff and I finally got to, to watch a little TV, I would say probably our, our favorite cartoon, probably uh, at the top of the list, would be He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Transformers was also way up there. And we were also big fans of, uh, of G.I. Joe at that time, too. So that, that would probably be our top three, I would say. Were he you, Man, the Master of the Universe, Transformers, G.I. Joe. Were you rock and wrestling fans or no? That was almost right before gotcha. I got into it. Gotcha. I, you know, we really got the bug about wrestling, like WrestleMania 3-ish. Okay. You know, and, and I, I think what, what started all that was uh, the, the whole deal where there was this big controversy. There was... Uh, the Saturday Night's main event with two refs and Ted DiBiase was trying to buy the title from Andre. And that, that's where we really got interested in wrestling. And then we kind of watched, we're fair weather fans. I would say we'd watch Saturday Night's main events. We would watch, you know, some NWA. We'd watch some world-class. We actually got world-class back in the day here. And then by the time WrestleMania four came around, that's where we 
put down the famous bet on who was going to win. I'd selected Macho Man Randy Savage, and I did. And, and from that day on, we were we were all in. Cool question from Ethanator here. I love talking inside baseball with you, so let's answer this one. He says, hello, Matt. I am a pro wrestler in training, and I'm getting close to my first match. I was wondering if you had any advice on how to not work too fast. Is there a way to count out my moves, or is it all in the art of selling and keeping space? I, I feel like not working too fast. Uh, a lot of that just comes from experience more than anything else. And you just kind of learn your own pace as far as things go, as far as time goes on, you, you kind of learn how to pace yourself the right way. I, I think it's also very important to remember that whenever something happens in the ring and the crowd reacts and you get like a, a, a big pop on something, then let that settle. Let that let the people get all of that emotion out of their system before you start doing something else. It's, it's very important. And there are times where a guy can be down after a devastating move, and you can take your time, especially if you're a hill in the match, and you can you can pander to the crowd or you could single whatever you whatever your taunt is or or whatever. I, I think pacing is just very important and is something that comes with experience. I, I think in, in the very beginning, if you think you're going too slow, you can probably go a little bit slower. That's what I would say right from the jump. Because it, it's it's fine. Like, especially if you're doing an indie event, you're working on a, a smaller level, you're not on like an AW or WWE platform, you, you are not going to get harassed for going too slow. You know, just whatever you do is solid. And also the little things in between, whenever you're down on the ground, whenever you're selling, that stuff is very, very important. Whenever you're up as a baby face and, and you do bust the hill's ass, it's very important to fire up or sell or react to that. Let people see that you yep. are, uh, you know, exuding with confidence. You just said the one thing, you know, because I, I do some coaching and working at the Monster Factory. And the one thing I've, always in Gorilla after matches, I'm always, especially with baby faces, emote that is always the biggest thing emote make sure that you are projecting something out there and i feel like too if you do emote properly that will kind of slow you down naturally because you're making sure you're consciously taking the time to do that and i think you're right not that i've worked a ton of matches but i've certainly watched a lot and i know that uh that is always the number one critique i always hear from coaches slow down slow down slow down and uh that's great advice sir matt and Hopefully, Ethanator, good luck with you. Maybe one day when Matt's doing his Ricky Morin run 20 years from now, you'll be working him on an indie show and uh, you'll be able to tell him all about that. There you have it. And, and, and also, I can I can tell you just uh, from experience recently, I mean, especially when I first started with Private Party, I just slowed down with something I repeated over and over and over with them. And like Isaiah now has really got a good grasp on – how he's slowed down and, and he's really put a lot of emphasis and thought on his emoting and his character. You know, he, he realized the persona is very, very important. And uh, th there's times where he'll, you know, stop because some event happens. Some of the stuff myself, him and Ethan were doing together whenever Ethan was the bad guy and we had issues with him where Isaiah hit a finishing move and he's okay. Now tag me in. And the way he would just stop, you know, stop and turn his head and look at him and stare. And you get that, few seconds we're like are, are you serious you know are you real and he slowly goes to him because you know that that's a moment where the crowd they're not sure what's going to happen and, and there's anticipation and then you allow it you know to fester and and build up then eventually he turns around and he just like he went to tag him and then he put his hand underneath 
and Ethan had to tag him, and that's something he did on his own, but that was a perfect touch because that is what someone in his position would have done. Let's go to Bob here. Kind of tying together, piggybacking off this. He says, hashtag ask Matt, would you ever consider letting John Alba manage you in a one-off appearance match, maybe at Limitless Wrestling or the Monster Factory sometime? Yeah, I could see that happening on some occasion. I mean, that that that, that fits. We have a we have a little backstory now that we have we the do. podcast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that that'd be an interesting. That's a scenario yeah. I think could I could I uh, could possibly see happening somewhere down the road. Yeah. Maybe Wrestle King. There's, there's an option. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what, Matt. I'm not going to lie to you. While it would be a dream to manage you, I think it'd be even more of a dream to manage against you. <laughs> right. I. And that that would that would work as well. I think. I don't know. I've just knowing my history in rings. Typically, what goes around comes around, and maybe if I end up eating a twist of fate at some point, I think uh, I think Young John would be pretty cool with that. Just saying, hypothetically. There you have it. Jared Thompson wants to know worst receipt you've ever given, and then worst receipt you've ever received. Oh boy, um, that's a that's a hell of a question for sure. I, I mean, may, maybe. It's probably not the worst, uh, worst receipt. I, I, I've never really given someone a receipt in, in, in all actuality. I was just going to say, there's been times where I, I've realized I've had to fight back. There was a time when we were working with the, the acolytes, the APA, and, uh, and, and they were, they were beating the shit out of us. We, they dropped the title to us, you know, and we, we were the tag team champs and, uh, we, we worked a couple of times after that. And I'm like, holy shit. I remember hell job like, they can have these titles back. Like we're, we're in the record books. I'm good. You know, I'm good. And then th- there was one point where I told Jeff, like, I don't, I don't know how much I can, how much longer I can take this. Like, this is just, this is like abusive. And then we're in there and Bradshaw beat me down the corner. I remember turning around and I hit him as hard as I could in the face. And then the next thing I, I had was just a very soft. Cool. Wow. You know? So it, it's one of those things that, that, that that, that was one of those things where I, I just feel like the old timers, they just wanted to, they, they, they would, there were some guys back in the day. And I, I think wrestling used to be like this a lot more and it's changed over time. And it was changing uh, when, when we were around, but there were still guys that had obviously worked back in the territories where guys would beat you up and take advantage of you until you didn't let them until you like stood up for yourself. And I think it was kind of the case of that. Hypothetically speaking, what would Bradshaw might've said about you guys win the tag titles and having a receipt coming? that's a tapestry that's what he would said about us winning the tag titles and then if he'd said uh as far as uh us uh having a receipt coming he said couldn't happen to a couple better guys you guys won those in fayetteville right we did yes so christian wants to know favorite place to eat in fayetteville mm, okay very interesting question for sure Fedville, we have changed a lot to Raleigh now. A lot of a lot of Raleigh is taking o- taken over in a, in many many ways. Um, there there's a couple places in Fedville. There's uh, there's one of those. Uh, oh my god, I can't even think of what the name of it is. We've only eaten there a couple of times. Where they do the big uh, you know shrimp and scallops. They put it in the big thing. What do you call this? The brawls? Seafood boil. Yeah, a big seafood brawl, which Rebby loves that place. That's great. I, I dig it so much. Uh, there's a little sushi place that, that we like that is right by the the uh, the GameStop that we've eaten at the last couple of times we've been there that has been our, our new current favorite place. Uh, as far as like one single stabilized place, there's not, not any place that necessarily stands out that much. Okay. Uh, Sal wants to know what match, if any, gave you the most butterflies in your stomach? 
man. Um, may, maybe, you know, thinking back, and it's hard to even like put myself back in my body at that time, but I was going to say, I just remember when we were going out for WrestleMania 16, that they said to us, they said, like, don't worry about time. We know you guys are doing lots of crazy things. We know you're doing dangerous stuff. Uh, take your time. Take all the time you want. You got all the time you need. Don't don't rush at all. And we're like, whoa, hold up. This is like, we're the like semi-main event, like next to last. And they're telling us, like, don't worry about time. Just thinking about that now with how tight time is on WrestleManias and like Dynamite. I mean, people are people are struggling to get 20 or 30 seconds on a dynamite, you know? So it's just crazy how they just say, oh, don't worry about it. Like if you, if you guys need more time, five, six, seven minutes, don't worry about it. Time's not an issue. Take all the time you need. Uh, so I, I feel like that was almost like them putting pressure on us in, in a, in a weird way too, because they're like, okay, we're really expecting a lot out of this match. So don't let us down. We know you're doing a lot of crazy things. Don't rush it. Make sure you get it right. You know, and that, that that was coming from uh from from Bruce Pritchard as well, uh, whenever he was running Gorilla up there, and we still went out and did it. And I think we're all like that was like our first main card WrestleMania match, and we were all we knew we were doing a lot of crazy things, and we just hoped everything went right. So I I remember being nervous, having anxiety before that match. You know, I I, I don't do that a lot nowadays. Just kind of, you know, like uh, <laughs> the funniest thing I was going to say now, this is what Jeff and I say all the time. I think I got this from Jeff, too. Uh, I, I remember we were going out right before the guns match. We go, all right, guys, 16 minutes, this should all be over. Yeah, <laughs> That's like a constant line, too. <laughs> Just, in 16 minutes, this should all be over, guys. I like it. I like it. Oh, you probably didn't have to worry about getting your time cut because there wasn't an MJF segment after your match there. So well, everything is fine on that front. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be there in person at the pond as a fan seeing that match if, as it unfolded? Uh, that would have been insane. Wouldn't it have been just getting that perspective? I, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. It's crazy. Uh, you know you know who actually traveled out there to watch this? Tommy Simpson, T-Dog. He was there. Good old Thomas Simpson, the Southern Bell. Well, um, and 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 it, it was uh, it, once again, it's crazy. That was like such a big deal for all six of us because that was like you know our first you know main card WrestleMania show. We were in a hugely promoted match, and you know we went out there and we did something that you know people had never seen before. So we were like definitely kind of uh, breaking some new ground. I mean, I had heard that he wasn't even sure if he was going to make it there until the last minute, but thankfully he had game time in his pocket mm-hmm. to make sure that he was able to attend WrestleMania 16, and you can attend any event you want with the Game Time app. Just download Game Time's app and enter in that promo code Hardy to save $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events, it shouldn't be stressful. It should be easy for you. And Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater, wrestling events, everything right near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you are going to have. Like maybe even that, that uh, TD garden show, Matt, the day after our yes. live show, if people are on the fence over whether or not they can go, they just download that game time app and all of a sudden they're there for dynamite. And considering this pod drops on Friday, if there's anyone in the Edmonton, Alberta, Canada area that wants to go to our dynamite show coming up, on Wednesday, you can go to Game Time. They will take care of you. 
There you go. You just download the Game Time app and you enter that promo code Hardy. You get twenty dollars off your first purchase. My favorite thing about Game Time is the all-in pricing. So many times, Matt Hardy, you see a ticket on a service and you're like, "That's a pretty affordable price." You click it, you put it in your cart, and all of a sudden, once all the fees and everything are added, it's like thirty-five, forty dollars more than what you were expecting to pay for it. And with the all-in pricing, you just toggle it on. You toggle on the feature. And then, bam, just like that, you know exactly what you're going to pay all up front. And then when you enter that promo code, Hardy, you're getting $20 off of that. You don't like Matt Hardy. I know you. I, with all your big money Matt mentality, you don't like getting screwed by a bad deal. Am I correct with that? You are correct. <laughs> How does the transparency sit with you that game time provides? I am big on transparency. I, I I can't I can't scream transparency enough on anything. So it is very nice to get it from a ticket out. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Hardy for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Hardy for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What's up, everyone? Super excited to be making this announcement. On Tuesday, July the 18th, 2023, the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast is officially going on tour. Sure, we've done stage shows at conventions in the past, but this is our first ever live show where it's all about the Extreme Life podcast. I'm going to be there. John Alba's going to be there, and I want you to be there. Where is there? There is one of my favorite restaurants in all of space and time, Kowloon. Kowloon is right outside of Boston, Mass, and we cannot wait for you to be there for a very special Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast night. We're going to do the podcast live at 8 p.m. We'll record it. You can monitor our process. You can see our secrets and everything about what we do to put together these beautiful podcasts. Or you can purchase a VIP ticket, which is going to be amazing because a VIP ticket allows you to come in at 6 p.m. You get priority seating. It guarantees you a photograph with me. It guarantees you an autograph from me. And we'll have a great conversation and we'll shoot the breeze. I can't wait. Get your tickets now at KowloonRestaurant.com. I'm so excited. Tuesday, July 18, 2023, the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy Podcast is taking over Kowloon and Boston. So dramatized inflictions, that intensifies this tension. I've been tortured with Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Let's keep going here, Matt. Ed wants to know, your episode about fatherhood and the legend was great. You mentioned you and your brother broke the family mold and added that maybe your dad would have liked to do that. If your dad sought a dream life or career for himself, what would it be? Major League Baseball, astronaut, something else? Oh, uh, without a doubt, my dad would have been a uh, a country music singer. He would have been a country music star. He would have uh, wanted to put out seven or eight different albums he would have wanted to play at austin city limits uh he would have wanted to play it out in nashville yeah he would he would have wanted to be a big country music store did he play any instruments oh yeah he played the guitar he played the banjo he had a little band much like you said they would play local local gigs around especially as he after our after our mom had passed, then he played a little more. Once Jeff and I got older, I remember our, our young days, myself and Jeff, we would uh, ask to stay up late or sometimes we'd even wake up. But him and some of his buddies, his little band, they'd be rehearsing downstairs in our, in our basement that we had. And uh, and we would go down there and there were times where we had little country music songs we would sing to. I don't, I don't know if you ever heard that song. Just a swinging. There's a little girl in my neighborhood. Her name is Charlie Johnson and she's really looking good. But that's just a swing. And like Jeff and I, it's crazy. I haven't thought of that in 20 years and I just still remember the words to it. Right. Uh, and, and we would sing that song just a swinging. Someone will look that up. You can see it. It's an old ass country song. Is that where Jeff picked up his love for music? Maybe. I, I mean, I, I could see that. That, that would definitely, that, that, that definitely is viable. I love to hear that. Uh, he, 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 he would love to, when he was, when he was a little older and our dad was down there, like picking and grinning is what my, uh, what our dad would call it. He said, yeah, we're just going to be doing a little picking and grinning. Uh, Jeff would go down there and like start strumming on the guitar with him a little bit, and, you know, try to try to mess around with it. So yeah, I could definitely see that. Austin asks, what's your opinion on the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Tabin? Uh-oh. You got to run it. I don't have clothes on. Yes. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put on clothes on soon, though. You're going to put on clothes? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, you're all tatted up. You got a new tat. Barty hated me. Barty hurted you? Yes, he put it this way, and then he drew it to here. Barty hurted him. And then I, I have to go here. All right, well, go put on clothes. You know mama's rules, dude. Can't come in here naked. We have some standards here. There's some decency. That that, that was a Wolfie Hardy running? That was a Wolfie Hardy running. So I, I had, uh, you could see the very end of it. Like, Wolfie begged uh, for days to put a tattoo on me. He he wanted to just get some tattoos. And uh, and my wife ordered him some some of those little deals that you like stick on you put water over those little temporary tattoos or whatever and he just started tatting up everybody uh, he's got a sleeve and everything he, now. oh yeah he's got a sleeve he just came in he got a chest piece he's got all kinds of stuff going on yeah. he says look he said look to he said you like my tats he said you like my tattoos i was gonna say did you clear that with merchandise so they can make sure that the next action figure has all the 
appropriate <laughs> tattoos and everything. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we need to get on that. Yeah. Right. I, I saw some people said like, uh, I, I released a video of Barty the other morning saying, good morning. And uh, he climbed up a ladder and he was doing this. And so I said, uh, yeah, do that again. And he's do it, do it, do it, do it. And he's got, got all these big ass tattoos. And so I said, damn, Barty's been getting some tattoos, huh? So these guys have been hanging around Tio too much. <laughs> Uh, so let's get back to Austin's question. He says, what's your opinion on the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban? I'm not sure if you saw, but Alex Shelley just won the Impact World Championship this past week. Uh, so very yeah. cool stuff for him. Yeah, uh, I, I like both those guys. And uh, I've always been a fan uh, of their work since they, you know, since they started together, since they really burst on the scene in Impact Wrestling. I thought they were uh, very talented together as a team. I, I loved the pacing of things they did in, in a lot of ways, they, they kind of seem like barrier breakers, much like the young bucks. Very a lot of ways. So. so, so, so I dug those guys and uh, I, I would have loved to have a Hardy boys versus motor city machine guns match at some point. That'd be, that'd be very cool Two uh, two very well-known tag teams clashing for the first time. I think that'd be a, a cool match to, to partake in. Yeah. Very much cut from the same cloth as the young bucks and them and generation me back in TNA. Yes. I, I think back to that. A lot of fun there. A wrestling historian, it was reported by the Dirt Sheets, the Sheets, back in January of 2006, that you were unhappy in WWE and trying to get yourself fired. True or false? Is it Matt Fact or Matt Fiction that Matt Hardy was trying to get fired in 2006 by WWE? Yeah, it is uh, It is Matt Fiction that I was trying to get fired, but I there was a lot of frustration and after the incident with the Undertaker deal happened, and then they said, "Okay, well, you know, we'll we'll punish him by beating him." You know, so they they beat me for a while. I pick up a win here and there, so I'd stay relevant. But then it got to one point after I'd done it, and I'd kind of like paid my penance, so to say. And I remember having a conversation with Michael. Where I said, "Like, hey, dude, like, I mean, is this going to continue like forever? Are they going to like Triple H me in this deal? Like, you know, I, I, you know, I apologize right from the jump, and it is what it is. And I said because if if that is the case, I said, you know, you guys, they can just let me go. That's fine. I'd leave and go wherever, do TNA, do whatever else. There's other stuff out there. I'd be okay with doing that. And he said, well, I wouldn't do that. He said, I, I think it's okay because there's a. I remember even before money in the bank came up, we were several weeks out. I said, no, I don't know. He said, I think, I think Vince is okay. He said, because like he said, he'd even be okay with you winning at the end of it or whatever our conversation was. But there was a point where I do know I sat down with Michael Hayes in the stands and I said, Hey man, like if this is just going to continue forever, then like, you know, I, they, right. they can let me go. I, I'll ask for my release. Yeah. I mean, that thankfully didn't happen because we know yes. we got the MVP run out of you and yes. United States championship stuff, which is some of the best work of your career. Yeah, there's there's Wolfie Hardy. There we go, Wolfie. You're all dressed up now. You want to say hello to everyone? You want to tell everyone? You want to tell everyone what you mastered this week? I I learned how to swim. He learned how to swim. Yay! And he's already he's wanting to teach swimming classes now. He learned how to swim. He's he's ready. He's going from A to Z, brother. He's a master of jujitsu as well, right? He is. We just went to jujitsu today too. You were doing you were doing your mound really well today. As, as mount, as, you were doing your mount really well. I was doing doggy battle. I was doing everything perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we will tell everybody bye bye. We're going to finish our podcast. Cut, yeah. cut from Tio's cloth. No doubt about that. Wait, cut from Tio's cloth. That means you're similar to Tio in some ways. You have color in your hair, you have tattoos on your arm. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to pull up, pull up your sleeve. Show me your tattoo. 
of those tattoos. Uh, was a little bit worn, but here you go. Yeah, they're they're getting a little worn now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh know. yeah, <laughs> and there he goes. Yeah, oh he's, got, he's got he got a couple. He's got a sleeve. He he looks like Malachi Black. I know. Yeah. Holy there moly. Well, thank you, Wolfie, for that run-in. We appreciate that. Thank you, um, Wolfie. We've got Wolfie and Barty out of the way thus far. <laughs> only two more to go. <laughs> well, potentially three. Uh, um, Rebby, Rebby, Rebby was in for a second, too. So She was, actually, yeah. So you're right. So we got two more. Uh, let's go to Josiah. What's your favorite episode of Game of Thrones? Ooh, that's a that's a great one. Um, that's, a, that's a really, really great question. Uh, I, I I almost feel like my favorite episode was the Battle of the Bastards. Okay. Big fan of that. Are you you a Game of Thrones yeah, fan, John? Guys, so that means absolutely nothing to me. Yeah. But you've been influential to me. Where now I'm bringing up Alexandria and WWE press conferences. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but John Snow was so good. The the whole Battle of the Bastards concept was so good, and like John Snow was like such a badass in that deal, you know. And it's it's one of the things like. Looking back in hindsight, it just makes me sad. It kind of didn't end in a different way. But, I mean, I, I get that they were looking for something that was going to surprise everyone, do do every uh, – definitely take things in a different direction. You, John, if you had been invested in Game of Thrones, you would have been outraged at the okay. finish. You would have uh, been out, out, outraged. Was it a non-title match? I- uh, worse. <laughs> oh, you know what? Since we got Wolfie here, right? I got a question about the kids here, if Wolfie would like right. to answer this question. too. All right. I don't know, Wolfie. You want to answer this question? Here, you got to hear it with me. Here. Okay. So, here's here's the question. Okay. This this comes from Rachel. She says, "Just wondering. I know I've seen video clips of the kids and the older ones training and learning the way of wrestling from you, Matt. Do you think all four of them at some point will form a faction, a group, when they get older and join together and join the wrestling family? So, Wolfie, would you like to join the wrestling family at some point? Yeah, I'll probably be like a swimming with. I'll be like a swimming part of the family, perhaps. The swimming part you, of the family. Hey, Wolfie, you don't think you're going to do wrestling? Yeah, I'll be swimming casting. Since no one here is a swimming Wolfie, let me tell you this. Swimming pays a little, but wrestling pays a lot. Which one do you want to do now? Still swimming. Okay. All right. If you're passionate about it. I look, we could be looking at a future Olympian here. We could be. Yeah, we could be. Sounds Take good. Third angle. Yeah. Okay. You win. You win a gold medal in swimming. Mm-hmm. All right. And now I learned how to swim permanently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I mean, do you see Matt? Do you see any of the other ones seriously considering that down the line? I know it's still very early for them, but still. I I think so. They've shown enough interest. It's uh, it's funny that I mean the the boys. I definitely see them. They they really enjoy doing the character stuff and they have guys that they like and there's certain guys now at aw that they dig that are the young cool kids that are hip and in whatever uh, but as far as evie goes too this is really interesting because uh, rebby will say don't even think about it girl like she'll sometimes sit up and go like delete delete, delete. no way oh that's so great oh yeah she she was climbing up she was climbing up that same ladder after Barty was doing it that video i posted a couple mornings ago uh she rebby was working on one of the guest rooms upstairs and uh barty climbed it and she watched him because she's super smart super attentive and she's watching him and she like comes up and she goes (laughs) she's doing a little arm short (laughs) 
I love that. We got to get that on video next time she does that. Yeah. Uh, make sure we get that because that's something that I need to see. All yeah. right. We got we got one from AP Video. Wants to play a little name association broken style. Okay. Right. How would broken Matt Hardy call these 10 comedy WWE wrestlers in the broken Matt gimmick? So I'm going to say a person's name and you're going to say what their broken Matt name would be. Okay. Mm-hmm. That worked for you. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Bastion Booger. The man of boogers. Okay. Uh, Eugene. The man originally from Pittsburgh. <laughs> Do you know the backstory on his character? No, I don't. Oh, you don't? Of of his career, or you're saying of the character? What? Of his character. Do you I not mean, know the backstory of the Eugene character? I mean, I know like some of the semantics that were behind it, but please go ahead, share with us. There was a guy who was disabled mm-hmm. who they let help out at the WWE live events in Pittsburgh. Okay. And he was there. He was there every week and he, they gave him a WWE jacket, like one of the ones Gorilla Monsoon would wear back in the day. Right. You know, like, and he was there and he would always like, Oh, come here. I'm, I'm in charge. And he would tell the wrestlers where That's to go, da, 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 da. you know, but like, he was mentally disabled and his name was Eugene. That's where the Eugene character came from. That's where the whole thing started for. It was like a, a, a spoof on that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so I, I, I didn't, I didn't know if you knew that or not. So it was an actual special needs individual and they incorporated that. Into, yes. Okay. Into Nick Dinsmore's character. Inter- yes. Interesting. Um, Santino Morella. <laughs> the Cobra Man. Cobra Man. Okay. I like that. I could also see Broken Matt not even changing his name and just emphasizing Santino, you know, just oh yeah, yeah. The, Santino Marella. Yeah. I can see that. Uh all right, the hurricane. Oh. The hero that is super. Super old. More than anything. Uh our truth. <laughs> the truth that are. Hornswoggle, your boy. <laughs> The most dense short man on the planet. <laughs> no way, Jose. <laughs> the Jose in which there is no way. That's good. I like that. The Brooklyn Brawler. The Brawler from Brooklyn. The Goon. I, I would probably say the Brawler from the Borough of Brooklyn. There you go. I like that. The goon. The man that got cut from the hockey squad. <laughs> and the last one, Doink the Clown. Trying to put something witty in here. The Portland performing clown. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, Lane wants to know, what is your go-to gym song? Oh boy, that that uh, that changes a lot. It changes pretty often. Uh, a lot of times recently, and it's it's kind of been stuck for like the last little bit. It's been uh, if I'm doing cardio or whatever, like run running up running up that hill from Stranger Things. That mm-hmm. song, if you're familiar with that, I think it's by Kate Bush. It was an older song. Okay, but it was very very catchy, and it got over on me fully because of the series. And then they started making like tribute videos to it and whatnot. But is that a song? Are you familiar with that song? I mean, I'm familiar with the song, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was very very big on Stranger Things. That's what it sold on me. And I'll say that too. Like a lot of times, if I'm if I'm messing around on YouTube, I was about to say F. If I'm messing around on YouTube and I'm like just you know clicking on things, whatever, there'll be a lot of times like I'll hit music and I'll stop. Or there's TV shows that I'll like specifically look for, just like tribute videos, whatever. And and like there'll be a video that like. I'm invested in from some show and I'll hear this song for the first time. And then I'll like, look it up and download it. Mm. Like I've, wonder, I've, wonderful life is one that I did. Okay. I, I've seen your algorithm on YouTube because I upload this podcast to your account and, yeah. and it, it is a myriad of different things. So it's very yeah. cool to see that that's where you pick up your interests from. Well, Matt Hardy, you know, the, the best part about uh, actually going out there and working out is that's a good way to stay healthy, but I know that that's not the, only thing that you are doing to stay healthy these days am i correct in suggesting that matt hardy because you i'm thinking of ag1s in particular indeed ag1s is how i start off each and every day when i wake up whether it's before the sunrise or after the sunrise the most important thing to me is to get that ag1s in my system i drink my ag1s first thing every day and why wouldn't you want to drink your AG1s first thing in the morning? Because it's the perfect way to make sure you are getting an all-in-one nutritional supplement in delicious form. People try tons of different supplements out there, whether it's for losing weight, it's for energy, but they don't have that one nutritional foundation supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients for whole body health. And thankfully, when you drink one AG1, you are getting just that. AG1 is a great bang for my buck because it replaces a lot of other supplements like a daily multivitamin, minerals, pre and probiotics for my gut health, which again, you know, in the summer, I'm supposed to be trying to look out for myself as I post a picture of pork belly burn ends that I made tonight. But, you know, tomorrow <laughs> morning, I'm taking and drinking my AG1 to make sure that it is going to flush out of my system perfectly, literally all in one scoop of powder and Matt, it helps me save time and makes my life so much easier because all i need is that one scoop in the morning when you're traveling you're a wrestler you're out there on the road it's pretty difficult to make sure that you don't lose any of those pills and supplements while you're on the road right like your suitcase you're going through tsa sometimes you're carrying different bags it's easy to lose track of all that stuff it is. It is very easy to lose track of all that stuff. And that's why AG1s is so convenient. You just take one pack, you put it in your water, and you drink it. First thing, and that's all you got to do. Everything's covered. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. It helps you build your health foundation first. We're talking about 75 high-quality vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients that are the perfect way to start your daily routine. And it's with AG1. And right now, the extreme life of Matt Hardy wants to help you out. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get how many free AG1 travel packs, Matt Hardy? Five, cinco, five, cinco, five free travel packs. And a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash Hardy. Again, that is drinkag1.com forward slash hardy check it out right now hey guys it's the hardcore legend mick foley here and i need to call a quick timeout a brief timeout because i wanted to tell your listeners what i have been telling foley is pod listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening 
over on adfreeshows.com. David Crockett and Conrad go day by day through June of 1985 in Jim Crockett Promotions on the latest episode of The Book, the month that the grandson of a plumber arrived. June 30th, Cody Rhodes is going to be born. I mean, his dad is, is, is wrestling with Tully Blanchard in Los Angeles, and Dusty's got to hurry home and rush out of there and get home to Charlotte to see his wife, Michelle, give birth to the American nightmare. It's a special day in Jim Crockett promotions history. Jake, the snake Roberts chatted live with that free shows members about his hall of fame career and a story about Ron Garvin. You won't soon forget. You know, everybody's got a tell, you know, so, you know, if they do that, then here, here comes his comeback. You know what Ronnie Garvin's tail was? His nipples would get hard. <laughs> Swear to God, man. His nipples would get rock hard. When his nipples got rock hard, man, he was coming to his feet and he's going to beat your ass. Just a small taste, a sampling, if you will, of what we have waiting for you. With four levels to choose from. Four. See for yourself why Ad Three Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now, right now, at adfreeshows.com. Yeah. Okay, we got Steve. Any plans for an Omega reunion? My brother Jeff and I, the Duff Brothers, used to burn up the road from Kentucky to watch you guys. Some of my best memories with my brother before he passed. Yeah, the Duff Brothers, man. Good to hear from you guys. Good to hear from you, man. And sorry about your your brother. Very sorry for your loss. Um, I, I don't think in the immediate future there's any talks of being a an Omega return show or an Omega reunion. Uh, is that something I could see happening down the road? Yeah, I, I think so. Just just right now, especially with these four young kids, uh, my, my life is a whirlwind where every moment is accounted for. And on top of my AEW gig, we still try and do some some bookings on the weekends too. Cons more than anything else now. Jeff isn't wrestling on indies. He's uh, only doing signings of right now. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a lot of work, you know, and I feel like if we were going to do one of those things, we we're going to try and do it right. And I just, I, I just don't physically have the time to be able to do it and do it right currently. Well, we're going to be doing some live shows now too, like the one we got coming up at Kowloon. Pick up your tickets now, Matt Hardy live com And speaking of live shows, we did an Omega Reunion show, which is available in our archives right now. So if you haven't listened to that Omega Reunion panel, that was one of my favorite things we did all of last year, Matt. And that was a, that was a great time, wasn't it? Uh, that was a great time. A lot of fun. Great to have you come down to Winston-Salem. You know, you're 100 miles from the Hardy Compound. Hang out in Winston-Salem a little bit. A good time was had by all. Absolutely. Uh, Tyler has a good one. I love you and Jeff, and I see he's doing better and so happy. How does it affect you when you see him relapse but bounce back and how do you deal with it i mean you know obviously uh, jeff relapsing having his issue and also getting in a substantial amount of possible trouble um sucked it was it was rotten um it was it was terrible for uh several reasons i mean the first one being him and his health and his well-being and just him being fine and healthy and, and a good human being and being Jeff Hardy, you know, we, he kind of lost that there again. And then on, on top of that, then it also affected me personally because we were connected to the hip wrestling, you know, obviously we were, you know, teaming as the Hardys and, and our next few months were kind of like 
locked in and we had planned out what we we're going to be doing. So then it kind of threw that up uh, and, and I was in limbo. So it was, it was very challenging for, for many, many ways. And, and I, I almost hate to say that second part because it's selfish, but it's also like a reality. But most importantly, I'm just glad that Jeff got his head screwed on straight. He got his priorities right. And he really worked hard on himself and he did so much better this time around than the first time, because the first time he kind of went through this is when our dad was, you know, on his deathbed and, and he only had so much time to live. So it was very hard for Jeff to fully focus on it. I'm sure. Because like, uh, you know, as, as Jeff has said many, many times before, this is public record many times over that, you know, our dad was Jeff's hero. And that was a struggle for him this time. He, he really did the right thing and he really committed himself and he, and he really worked hard to work on himself. And uh, I'm just, I, I can't tell you how proud I am of him for doing that and, and working so hard. He really, really, he really, really put in the work and he's really committed to what That's he's doing. Mommy. And, and uh, I was just going to say that I also am proud of him for like kind of half us putting his foot down because he's a very kind, generous person who sometimes lets people take advantage of him. As you guys will probably see in that video by the, the guy who had a ton of photos, who was trying to get him to sign 20 photos at one time. Uh, but he's really, you know, like put his foot down. He's decided to be like, aggressive in his sobriety as well like he's, he's not going to overdo himself he's What's not going to overwork himself i'll explain in a second with game okay. uh he, he's not going to overdo himself he's not going to overwork himself you know and he doesn't want to wrestle he said if he's going to be wrestling it's going to be AEW event so i'm very very proud of him you know on that front because he he really has put his foot down and he's like stood up for himself and sometimes it's hard for him to do certainly so great answer there matt we got a few more and then we'll wrap things up here bryant top guy wants to know in Matt's opinion, can you be successful in wrestling? Can you be successful in wrestling if you can't cut a promo? Say a person has all the ability to wow the crowds with their in-ring stuff, but always needs a manager to talk for them. Can that person succeed? I think in this day and age, they can, uh, because wrestling has changed so much. I, I feel like back in the day, it was much more important to have a personality and you had to really care uh, emotionally about the performer that was the character in general. You, ha you had to kind of care about that person to, to really be invested in them. And I think now the wrestling fans have just changed a lot where if someone can go out and they can do a kick-ass match and they have like, you know, I don't know if this is a real term, but if the internet's admitted it, you know, a high work rate, you know, if those guys can come out and put on a fiver or a five-star match as all these young kids talk about, uh, I, I think people are excited in seeing them. Cause I, I think, in this day and age, if you would have taken Jerry Lynn from the WWE, who Jerry Lynn's actually a very funny guy and he's very enjoyable. He got a great personality, but like Vince, I don't think Vince saw a lot of personality in him. Vince's like, oh, there's really not a lot I can do with him. So he didn't do much with him. But if you had Jerry Lynn in his prom in the 2023 wrestling talent pool, it would be very different. Jerry Lynn would be one of the most over guys, mm -hmm. you know, uh, on the entire show. And there's a few other guys I can think about that would kind of fall in that category as well. Uh, it's interesting you say that because now is an era where there's fewer managers than ever in wrestling in general. Mm -hmm. you know, back then, Paul Bearer, Mr. Fuji, you know, you had Jimmy Hart. All these guys were essential to the packages, yes. even though AEW does have a lot of managers. I will say that at this current time, they, they certainly do. Uh, let's get this one from Trenton. Could we see you and Jeff working Ring of Honor and going after the tag titles held by the Lucha Brothers? I, I think that's a possibility. 
I think you could see that happening. Uh, I heard at one point, you know, maybe some buzz about having actual blood brothers all locked up in a match, which there's, it's interesting because there are, you know, several sets of blood brothers in AAW. There's us, there's the, the guns, there's the bucks and there's uh Penton Phoenix. So who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening, but yeah, I, I think, uh, uh, another match with Penton Phoenix. We have wrestled them four, but I think that would be fun to do a little program with those guys. Specs asked, what was it like for you, Jeff and Alita to dance with Rikishi on the July 13th, 2000 SmackDown? Jeff seemed to be having the time of his life. That too cool dance, Matt Hardy. That was one of the most over things on WWE programming at the time. What was it like getting down dirty with too cool there? Yeah, that was fun, man. That, that was great fun, actually. I enjoyed it, but it was much more. Jeff was in his wheelhouse than I was for sure. You know, <laughs> dancing's dancing's not necessarily my gig, uh, but but Jeff Jeff did dig that, and and he got the opportunity to go out there and shine a little bit. People who know the origins of Jeff, like his haircuts in the very beginning, came from Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice hugely influential on Jeff's formation of kind of like character and dance and cutting his own hair, which that still you know is kind of you know, continue to evolve through Jeff. Now the way he cuts his own beard and these unique patterns and whatnot, but vanilla ice is the guy who gets the credit for inspiring Jeff to do that in the first place with cutting lines and designs in his hair and stuff like that. So yeah, man, Jeff was happy as you know, people in the South say he was like a pig and shit, you know, he was happy as he could be, man, <laughs> just out there, out there in his element, out there in his environment, getting to, getting to, to rock and roll and steal the show. Uh, and let's hit this last one here from Leo from Germany, listening to the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy out in Germany. Thank you, Leo, for your support. It says, hi, Matt and John. I'd like to know if there's any gimmick, past or present, doesn't have to be yours, that you thought wouldn't work but turned out to be great. Hmm. The Orange Taker? <laughs> Guten Tag, Leo, to begin with. Um let me think. Something that I thought wasn't going to work, but ended up working. Broken Matt Hardy was one for me. I'll tell you that, Leo. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that fits for sure. I I, I remember when the Undertaker came out. I, I I questioned him. I didn't have a great understanding, but I was very excited. It was Mean Mark Calloway from WCW, and I'm sure there's got to be some guys because there's there's been times where. I've heard, and I know I've shared this with you, where Vince has like told someone, no, you do this, and this is going to work, and this is going to get over. And we're like, man, no way. Are you kidding me? But it worked. You know, I, it was some of the brilliance of, of Vince back in the day, and I'm trying to think of someone specifically that I thought wouldn't have gotten over as much as he did. It's just crazy because I'm seeing right now, like, L.A. Knight is getting massively over in WWE. Right. Now the former Eli Drake, someone I yep. know that you've seen a lot of, and I think yep. you even said in the past you saw it in Eli Drake, right? Like from a pretty early time of working with him. Yeah, I I wanted to if I was going to end up being, and I, I told you this, I said this on an episode. I had said if I end up winning the Impact World Title when Broken Matt was at its height and crazy popular there, I said if I end up winning the Impact World Title, I should only have it a few weeks and drop it to Eli Drake. That was that was something that I I had pitched already. I said because he's a guy I think you could kind of build around. But, but it's funny because he said in an interview this week, Vince only saw him as a manager due to his age, and that's why he became Max Dupree. And then when Vince kind of left the fold, Paul Levesque was like, "No, I, I think L.A. Knight will work on the main roster." And now right. he's one of the most popular guys on the roster. Right. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure. <sighs> 
I can't even imagine. I, I can't even imagine Vince seeing Kevin, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens in the beginning, and and Sami Zayn, and thinking like these guys are going to be huge stars. I, I can't imagine Vince thinking that. You know what I mean? Because Vince was very set in his way, and he kind of had, he has like this image in his mind of how he sees wrestlers, and he thinks that's just how everyone sees them. But like times, times of times have changed, and, and they're constantly changing. It was an uphill battle, man. I mean, look, Sami Zayn two years ago was a manager. He wasn't even wrestling. He was a manager. And now where he is right now, and Kevin Owens doing what he's doing. Kudos to them, man. You know, just because you get smacked with a gimmick and you're it's stapled to you, hanging on you, doesn't mean that it's death anymore. You know, it's what you make of it, right. how you roll with the punches. And yeah, that Mark Calloway guy did all right. He uh he might make it. He, dam- he damn sure did. Mark, Mark, Mark Cassidy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Good stuff there, Matt. So many questions. Unfortunately, we did not get to all of them, but uh, I will make sure that I hold on to those questions for the next Ask Matt that we yes, do. Sir. And it will be great stuff. So thank you, everyone, for those questions. Matt Hardy, next week, cool episode coming talking about a time period that we haven't really spoken a lot about on this podcast. And that is because we will be approaching the six year anniversary of goodness, gracious, great balls of fire 2017. It's Matt and Jeff Hardy against the bar in a 30 minute Ironman match. One of the most unique matches of your career against a team of two badasses. What can we expect in an episode like that? Uh, th- that, that was a fun, that was a fun match. And, and I got to tell you the time, I remember why I was actively in the match. The time flew by a lot faster than I, than I presumed it would. The time, the time moved and, uh, I, I was pretty happy with the end result as well. We will talk about the construction of an Ironman match and your dealings with Cesaro and Sheamus. Now, Claudio and Sheamus should be great. Again, guys cannot stress enough. We are coming to Kowloon. In just three weeks, two and a half weeks at the time this episode drops, MattHardyLive.com. Get your tickets. Just go to the events and merch section of the website, and you will see it. GA, $40. VIP, $100. Gets you in early access, plus an autograph, plus a picture, plus meet and greet with Matt Hardy. 781-233-0077. That's 781-233-0077. It is going to be an absolute blast at a pro wrestling mecca. And if you'd like to join us here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, promote your business to the extreme with advertisewithhardy.com. Get it out in front of thousands of listeners every single week on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Matt, you're heading up north, the Great White North. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, yeah, no, uh, very excited about next week, fella. It's going to be a great one, fella. Um, I, I, I can't go. If you mention Seamus, I've got to say, fella, I've got to say, fella, my man. Uh, excited to be heading back to Canada. Uh, Canada's always treated me so good. Uh, we're going to be right outside of Toronto in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, which is, I don't know if you know this or not, is when we made our official WWE contractual debut. Where we wrestled Kayantai and we picked up our first big win on WWE television via pinfall, courtesy of Event Omega. You know what I have to say to that? Indeed. Indeed. Yes, indeed. 
I thought at first you were going to say, couldn't it happen to two better guys? <laughs> no, I love, I'm big Funaki guy. Big Funaki. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the words have been spoken here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Lost, yeah,